And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, we figured out subtitles, folks. So uh, I apologize in advance if we say ridiculous things just so we can see them on our screens. But here we are. It is SummerSlam weekend, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, How is life for you here in mid-August? Oh, you know, things are pretty good. They're pretty good. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Um, I can't really complain. I'm running out of time before um, the summer is over and things are back into full swing. And so I'm definitely starting to to feel the crunch. Um, but, you know, that's that's good a little bit. I think gets you motivated to get back into it. Uh, and and a, a few weeks back, I think I had mentioned I had applied to another position, which I didn't get at a local institution. Yes. Well, guess what? They called me back because whoever they tried to give it to said, oh, no, no, thank you. I don't think so. And so I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So you uh, you you now have a second job. I guess that's technically true, although I haven't signed the paperwork yet. So there's plenty of time for this to fall through. Hey, it's a step in the right direction. I'm not sure that it is. I keep thinking about it. And at this level, you know, um, adjunct faculty at at the college level really are not paid very well. I mean, some institutions might try. I mean, again, I understand this is probably I I say that, but it's probably similar to a starting teacher salary at at any level. But like they would probably try to pay you something like thirty five thousand dollars a year, which, you know, would be a for for me would be a fairly significant step down uh, in salary to the point where I don't know that that's something that I could ever swing, you know, financially. And then on top of that, you talk about the sort of um, job security because again, adjunct faculty like the first year you might have a one year contract. After that, you probably have like three two year contracts. After that, you move to five year contracts. Um, but that's it. Like you never actually have long-term job security, which is something that my current position also has in addition to the financial part. So I I don't know if it's a switch, if this is anything that's actually going to get me experience that's worth it to me, but maybe I'll have fun. How about that? Before I respond, I'd like to point out that you talked so much. I can't see you because of all the subtitles. You're welcome. It's like... It's two-thirds of the screen. Um, I know administrators in in the education profession who will teach college classes uh, on the side, and I always presumed that was sort of what you were thinking. Yes, maybe someday you would like to be a full tenured professor with the pipe and the suede jacket with the elbow patches. Listen, there's no chance of becoming a tenured professor in today's day and age. That's just not how it works at institutes of higher education, not not for folks who are adjunct teaching faculty anyways. Uh, research institutions, if you have a research lab, yeah, tenure uh, is still a thing. But otherwise, tenure track, forget it. That doesn't exist at the college level anymore. But at the same time, this is something that you could do in addition to your current job. Uh, yeah. And- okay, so that point is valid. But let me let me just throw this out there. I am not interested in working more than I do now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm not looking to put more on my plate. I mean, that's clearly what I am doing in the short term right now. But again, the ultimate goal would be to be able to sort of change my profession to just teaching faculty. But again, because of the uh, the fight, the salary and, and and just the stability part of that, I don't know that that's in the cards. I don't think that they would be able to really pull me away from my current position on either one of those accounts. So I'd really have to value something like, 
you know, the experiential side of it. I really have to value the act of teaching enough to take those hits. You know what I mean? Sure. Which there is some potential for, but it would have to be close. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to put myself into financial ruin uh, to do something uh, else that I maybe enjoy more. um, Certainly. Well, but but again, think in the two jobs, if you are adjunct faculty and a professional podcaster, clearly you're going to make all the money. I mean, that's the goal, right, ladies and gentlemen? That is the goal with DDT Wrestling. And this week, I just wanted to uh, let you know about this this fine brand of facial tissue called Kleenex. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's soft, it's white, it's fluffy. They You pull on one and it comes right out of the box, the next one without fail. Uh, Kleenex changed my life. Personal testimonial, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And if the Kleenex company would like to send me some advert dollars, then by all means, for I am, well, I, sh- I should say, for sale. I can for sale. be bought. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar man was right, at least where we can, are concerned. We do have a price. And it's not very high. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Um well, I, I'm excited for you because this is something that is more along the lines of what perhaps you wanted to do with your career and your doctorate and things. Um, how does one get a research lab? Like, again, I could see you having your own research lab. Nah, that, not at this point. I've been out of the game. Well, not now, right. but I mean, 10 years in the future, yes. Oh, no, forget it. No, 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 no way. Um, I've broken the chain of research at this point. Like I, I did my doctorate. I did a year of a postdoc, but then I got a real job. I've been out of research in four years. I'm a freaking dinosaur. I mean, in order to be going to research, you'd have to go from postdoc to postdoc to postdoc to postdoc. And you'd have to build up an incredible repertoire of, of publications. You'd have to be publishing in the in the highest regarded peer reviewed journals You'd have to be writing grants and bringing money into your institution. Um, like it is an incredibly long, arduous ordeal to even begin to try to become a research professor at an institute. And I do not have that sort of commitment to my craft. So what you're saying is it sucks because that's what you just described is all of that postdoc, postdoc, publishing, grants. That's a whole bowl of suck. I mean, right these there. day and, and honestly, this day and age, um, they talk about the career postdoc. It used to be you were supposed to go do a postdoc or two, and then you'd go find yourself a faculty position. But these days, sure. there are so many people with graduate degrees that they're not special anymore. Like if you look in, at this in the sciences, there are so many people with doctorates. There is no possible. It is almost it is almost statistically impossible that you will get a job as faculty at an institute of higher education. Um, so very a lot of people with doctorates they live their entire lives now going from postdoc to postdoc to postdoc, and that's it. That's their entire career, making forty five thousand dollars a year. Um, and then they, again, no job security, and maybe you have to move across the country every time your contract's up to go to a different institution that's willing to take you on. That's more and more the reality of people that get these terminal degrees, um, which, again, complete and utter nightmare. Um, The whole system really is broken um, in a lot of fundamental ways, in my opinion. And And I should say, in the opinion of many other people as well. So as an educator of young people, the big push in my field is this STEM or STEAM trying to get more people interested in science and technology and engineering and art and math. That is what STEAM stands for. Oh, so Um, you mean just education? Because you covered every single topic that exists. Except reading and writing. Except reading and writing. That's part of the arts. Yes. Well, I suppose that is true, but that is the idea. The idea is I believe we are heading towards reading, writing, and STEAM. That's math is going to be lumped in with all of those I just think it's so other... funny because STEM actually meant something, right? It was focusing on specific subjects. 
but that wasn't inclusive enough. So let's add the A, let's add the arts. And now let's add the reading and writing. So what you're describing is school. Like, why did you have to come up with an acronym for what was always the curriculum? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it seems weird. Of, speaking of publishing, I will be in a peer-reviewed journal because I am proposing Steamy, in which case we add yodeling right at the end i love it now that is some Yodeling. original educational thinking uh, that i can get behind um uh but yeah to, so yes while that is school uh are we doing them a disservice and trying to get them into the science field when as you've said now granted science fields are more than just graduate degrees and postdocs but you just said there are so many people going into the sciences. Well, um, again, it's more, I think, about the number of people with the terminal degrees who are expecting to go into academia. If you have other goals in mind, certainly if you're going into the engineering component of STEAM, I mean, that's a job. And being an engineer is, a, is an actual occupation that has you can get a job as a mechanical engineer, as an electrical engineer. Uh, etc. Um, you know, much like if you go into pharmacy, you can get a job as a pharmacist, or if you go into law, you can get a job as a lawyer. So I don't think necessarily that you're doing them a disservice. I think it is good to have an educated population and people with skills and knowledge. Um, but if you're going, if if you are going with the idea that oh yes, I am going to be a researcher, I am going to get a job within academia, I'm going to join the ivory tower. Um, Statistically speaking, no, you're not. Okay. Did you ever consider pharmacy? Uh, I did. Um, I wondered. Not I wondered seriously whether enough, though. Now I wish I, I had. Wondered, well, I wondered if there would have been an external push for you. No. To, uh... In fact, <laughs> I, I've talked to my father, uh, who is a pharmacist or was a pharmacist, retired now, about that. And, you know, he told me, because at one point I said, no, I wish I had gone into pharmacy. I would have just had a profession in front of me, something very you know clear cut that would be, you know, at least you'd have goalposts in front of you in some way. Um, and he said, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you to go into pharmacy. You never would have listened to me. You would have not gone into pharmacy. That's not the type of advice you can give a teenager. You know what I mean? Um, and I think he's probably right. But looking back on it, yeah, I think there's if, if I could go back. If I could go back, I think maybe we talked about this. I don't know if we did recently or not, but if we could go back, I definitely would have gone to college to study something that directly leads to a profession, whether that be, again, law or pre-medical or pre-dental or, you know, uh, even maybe accounting or something like that. You know what I mean? Something where there's a clear profession tied to the education. I probably would do that now. Uh, or honestly, um, I might eschew the entire college track and try to go into a profession. I think there's a lot to be said for learning plumbing or electrical work or, you know, HVAC. Um, those can be very, very profitable fields. Um, and again, that's very, that is a very specialized form of uh, education, intelligence is required to do those things well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that maybe... You know that, that that's not emphasized enough in our culture. Maybe too, there's too much of a push. Personally speaking, now maybe there is too much of a push for everyone uh, to go to college. Again, I won't really decry that. I won't really say that's a bad thing. Um, I think again, uh, a, a more generally educated population is always preferable. Um, but I do I do think that there is something to uh, learning a trade for sure. I do think there's a bounce back. If it hasn't happened yet, I think it's coming. And it's not just because you can make $500,000 a year playing Fortnite or whatever. Um, but again, it is that sort of, you know, you have all of these people with degrees in fields. You know, had I not gone into education, I would have gotten a degree probably in history. And God knows what I would have done with a degree in history. You have all of these fields many of them in the liberal arts and sciences where, oh, I have a degree in anthropology. Okay. <laughs> what, what would you like to do with that degree in anthropology? Um, if you're not going to teach people anthropology, I don't really know 
where you go from there. Maybe you work at a museum and you hope you become Indiana Jones. But uh, yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. So welcome, everybody, to the education and vocation cast this week. Um, do you think uh, one final question before yeah. we actually get into the, the, the wrestling? Um, do you think had you stayed, you would have had a chance to own the restaurant that you worked at? Oh, you God, think you I could hope have... not. That thing went out of business. So, well, I'm just saying, do you think like you could have, you know, continued in the culinary arts and wound up owning some little I mean, maybe um, it takes money to know, own I, something. So I, I don't know. I do know of your dream to open up an ice cream stand <laughs> on the beach with the flavor swirl. And <clears throat> you're open three months a year and you make enough money to live. So, yeah, something tells me that's not very realistic. And that's mostly why I haven't done it. But it does sound nice, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Um, what sounds nice to me, it may not sound nice to others. I hope it does to you, at least uh, part of it, is the fact that there are pay-per-views this weekend or whatever Shut we're calling them. Net network events. Hey, hey, um, hey. I have, I have something to contribute to this conversation. Okay. I watched Raw. What? I watched it on Hulu uh, later in the week. What, what did you think? I have not watched. I spent the morning catching up on the 205 NXT NXT UK. I did not watch Raw or SmackDown. How was the truncated experience for you? It was pretty good. It was, pre it was a pretty good show from more or less from start to finish. There was a lot of, um, a lot of goofiness going on on the show, um, but it was goofy in a good way. You know, a lot of the 24-7 sure. uh, title business with Maria and um yes i saw part of that i was i was in a hotel on monday so i was able to uh to watch some of it i did see i watched her get pinned and yeah. mrs matthews looked over at me and she was like what are you watching and i was like to be fair i'm not really watching it just happens to be on tv but yeah it was a little uh it was funny and i loved when he went out back into the waiting room and our truth was there um, in get like it was it was funny and it was good. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of good stuff on the show, watching the street profits, interacting with Kurt Angle backstage, having a moment before yep. being interrupted by Drew McIntyre. That was very good. Um, there was a fair bit of women's wrestling on the show. Uh, the tag team title match. I, I, I do think it's a yes. bit strange that they chose to do that on raw instead of waiting for SummerSlam, but Hey, that's fine. The title change that match itself was uh, pretty entertaining. Um, you know, having Charlotte and Becky take on Natalia and Trish Stratus, although Trish did not actually get in the ring to compete. Um, you know that even that, that was a good tight little story that they told in that segment, even, even at the end of the show, um, Ms. TV and bringing out, Shawn Michaels and ultimately yeah, ultimately bringing out uh, Goldberg dust. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't like, you know, maybe that I don't know what they cut from the three hours. And I don't know if the show was majorly helped by the streamlining of being shoved into an hour and a half. Um, but what I, I saw was fairly enjoyable. It really yeah. was. It was a good show. Yeah. I, you know, and now granted, I'm looking at Pro Fight DB and I'm looking at the matches and, you know, I'm assuming you didn't see the New Day versus Gallows and Anderson in a 24 second match, which was then. I think we did see that. In, which was then turned into a six man tag. Yeah, we featuring saw that. AJ. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a good match. But I, I always enjoy the. Uh, the shorter shows, you know, I wrote uh, a something today about how I always think there should be more matches at TakeOver, and I'm probably wrong because the benefit of the beauty of TakeOver is it's this small, precious thing that they put all of their effort in, and they're not trying to make it six hours. Yeah. I mean, the benefit of having a two-and-a-half-hour-long show, for me at least, is I can remain more or less focused and engaged for two and a half hours, six hours. Sure. You can't, I can't do it without looking at my phone for 75% of the, 
yeah. of the show. Well, and that's going to be the interesting thing about SummerSlam is you're right. The women's tag titles are probably not going to be a part of the show except in a backstage segment with the new champions. Um, Alistair Black and Sami Zayn, which was going to be on SummerSlam, is now not. It happened on SmackDown. So, you know, they're they're not having oh. all <laughs> of the matches. The one thing that I didn't like on the show, not to change the subject. No, go for um, it. I liked Brock Lesnar coming out. I liked Paul Heyman doing his Brock Lesnar shtick. But Seth Rollins coming out and making himself into like a martyr, like he came out to get murdered. Dragging himself with his chair it was so or whatever. S- like, and like to hear like Corey be like yelling, like, ah, oh, this is a mugging. I can't believe it. Ah, oh, it's, it's horrible. And like, it just, Seth Rollins came across as like such an idiot if you're not a hundred percent why do you drag yourself to the ring like like again he it's not that he wasn't a hundred percent he could barely limp to the ring and he thought he was gonna take on brock lesnar in that state (laughs) he he did so much disservice to his character because he came across yes you could argue that he came across as passionate perhaps but he came across as a stupid idiot first yeah. and foremost. And I don't know. I, I find that to be very damaging. I thought that segment came off very poorly and that was really the only one. The only thing I liked about that segment was because his hair wasn't wet. He just looked like Jesus. He just, like, the thing I really liked about that segment was fun that I made for myself. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, I'm with you. I, I will say this. I, I try in all things to be the Pope of positivity, and Seth Rollins has been for a long time my favorite in-ring competitor in WWE. Sure. 2019 has been awful for Seth Rollins. Yes, he came out, beat Brock Lesnar up to start WrestleMania. That was a nice moment because that match happened fast. He was the universal champion. But then he did nothing. He did nothing with the title. He wound up being Becky Lynch's boyfriend, and then he lost the title and is now like he got on the microphone and was like, I don't know why I do this anymore. I should probably just stop, but I'm going to keep going. And I'm like, are you trying? I think they're trying to get fans to feel bad for him. And I don't think it's working. No, it it didn't work with me. He came across, like I said, like a whiner uh, and, and and like. Again, it, it really struck me because, you know, as he's coming to the ring, or maybe not, it was before he came to the ring, but like part of Paul Heyman's promo is he's doing this thing where he's, you know, giving a play on words about, with all the different things, all the different nicknames that Seth Rollins has had over the years. And, you know, so one sure. of those, of course, is the architect, right? And now he's yep. Paul Heyman saying it, but the people on commentary are constantly reminding us us of it throughout the entire segment and it just seems like okay so this guy that you call the architect this guy who ostensibly he's always planning he's always two moves ahead right that's what it means that's what that nickname is supposed to mean what was he doing coming to the ring like it just made him look completely impotent and and the fact that they kept using that nickname to refer to him, just to me, it just put the, the contradictory nature of what was happening on the screen versus this persona that he's supposed to be like into mm-hmm. direct conflict with each other right in front of our eyes. It just because <sighs> what is supposed to happen on Sunday? He was beaten to the point where he could barely walk. Then he got beat up again. The only He's thing come at- I can think of, or and I don't think it's the case because of the promo he actually gave at the end, but I thought they were going to have him get so beat so badly that he was going to have to withdraw from the match. That I So here's my thought. He, maybe the match doesn't start. Maybe he, you know, he gets beat up before him because 
I can't believe a story. I love suspending disbelief, but I can't believe a story. The only way he won at WrestleMania was he kind of went after him before the bell with a chair, if I remember correctly, and like basically had to cheat to win. Well, now he's, you know, broken in half. Mm -hmm. So unless he's going to lose in 45 seconds and they're going to just be like, you know what? We totally screwed up Seth Rollins. We're going to try to build him from the ground up again. I'm not sure where yeah. we go for this. Now, now, granted, the scary part is, as of this moment, Roman Reigns doesn't have a match. Now, I don't, oh, think, oh. I don't think that's the story no, we're not. going to tell. Yeah. But the Roman Reigns storyline, apparently, according to rumors, Vince or the WWE Brain Trust realized they were trying to do too much too fast and have slowed it down. And he and Daniel Bryan currently don't have matches for SummerSlam. Yeah. Would I love to see Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe or Braun Strowman or any number of these people kind of take Seth Rollins' place? Absolutely. But I, I, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner where I'm like, well, Brock's clearly going to win. I would hope so. And I'm fine with that because Seth Rollins wasn't the universal champion I was looking for. And I will also say, you know, now that it looks like Brock is not immediately going back to the UFC, um, it seems like he's been around a little bit more on television. Oh, yeah. No, they're, 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 they've opened up the checkbook and they're like, just please just keep coming in. And honestly, if he's going to be that kind of champion, I've got no problem with him being the champion. I was only frustrated with his previous few reigns because of how little he was actually yeah. on the product. I think he's a great character. I, I honestly think that it makes a lot of sense for if he's going to be in the mix for him to be that champion. I can't. The question to me becomes, OK, I, I know he's going to win on Sunday. So then what? There's no natural challenger like Roman technically is on SmackDown. So maybe you try Braun Strowman again. Uh, maybe you try Lashley. We haven't tried that before. No. I could imagine him going away for a while after SummerSlam because there's nobody for him to fight. Why is he going to be there? I mean, the only thing I can say is they've done such a good job making us think that Seth Rollins doesn't have a chance here that they just swerve us and he wins again. I don't know how he's going to do it. Maybe he comes to the ring and he shoots Brock Lesnar in the face. Because that's the only way he could treat he could shoot he could cheat more than he did at WrestleMania. Big Show did get shot with a tranquilizer dart once. I'm just saying. Kurt Angle shot him with a tranquilizer dart. Yep. I remember that now. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, if Dean Ambrose was around, I'm like, all right, the shield comes out and the three of them take on Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> but that's not gonna happen. Roman Reigns has kind of this budding friendship with Samoa Joe now they were enemies but now that Roman Reigns is getting hit by cars and attacked by forklifts and things uh I don't know hey I to go to a, a more positive subject yes I think that Dolph Ziggler is the perfect opponent for Bill Goldberg 100 percent I mean 100%. Bill Goldberg Again, this is just like The Undertaker coming out of that Saudi show. He needs to redeem yeah. himself for that performance. It can't be the last time we see him in the ring was that was that show. And, you know, the problem that they've had with Bill Goldberg, in my opinion, since he's come back, is they've wanted to put him into these big matches against these real large guys. Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, Dolph Ziggler. A little guy who he can probably throw around like a ragdoll, um, a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who is the best probably seller that they have in the company. Dolph Ziggler, who really honestly probably should lose in about 15 seconds to Bill Goldberg on Sunday. Like, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get, I think, a classic Goldberg match. Just one bam done. I hope not. Only because, and this is me doing my usual thing where I've written my own story, the only match I want to end in two minutes or less is Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. And the problem with like that is Bill Goldberg is on this show. So if yes, anybody's going to do it, it's him. And it, yes. And again, 
Dolph Ziggler could be done after this, except, you know, I'm guessing if I had my WrestleMania wall, which I'm not allowed to have anymore, which is just fine. But if I had my WrestleMania wall. You, I, you don't get to just drop. I am not allowed to have that anymore without giving me a little bit more explanation. Uh, it's not even that. I have been asked if I can do my fantasy booking in a way that takes up less surface area of of my apartment. So, all right. And to and hey, to be fair, I could probably use Yeah, so that's it. I have my notebooks now. I could do index cards and all of that if I didn't just tack them up. But um Where was I going with this? I would pencil in Dolph Ziggler versus Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania. Perhaps. Although I really don't want to see Shawn Michaels in the ring again. Neither do I, but then again, I was happy not seeing The Undertaker, and then he came back at Extreme Rules, and I was like, oh, all right, you can stick around with the right opponent. So Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't think it'll be a bad match. I'm not saying that. No. I'm just saying that when people retire, I'm I'm okay. Just happy to see them stay gone. Yeah. Yeah. But but yes, outside of Lesnar and Rollins, the rest of this card look Becky versus Natalia in the submission match, gonna be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Bailey versus Ember Moon, gonna be a whole lot of fun. Charlotte versus Trish Stratus, probably gonna be some fun. Oh, I, I'm confident in that match, absolutely. Um, you know, the Fiend in a wrestling match, I'm really excited slash terrified for that. I enjoyed the segment. It was the first time I had seen the lights go out, the sound effects, and everything come back up with the mandible claw on uh, Kurt Angle this week. So yeah, it was good. I liked the mask. It looked good. The only thing I didn't like was um, when the lights went back out. They played um, a recording of Bray Wyatt laughing. Yeah. And they repeated it three times. I really would have just played it once and let it fade out. And like I felt I because it just it, it sounded like a repeat of the same wave file. Just sure. It didn't it was not as effective to me as I think a single play. And that's so again, hey, that's nitpicking, which means they're doing a lot right. If I get to focus on the details of what I don't like, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, You didn't watch Smackdown. So just just give me a ballpark. Your level of excitement for Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Um, it couldn't be any lower. I like Kofi Kingston. I think it's so amazing I. that he's still the champion. I haven't cared about a match that Randy Orton's been in. Wait, I was going to say sense. Let me rephrase the sentence. I have never cared about a match that Randy Orton was in. And this is not going to change that. He is just him. He's a good him versus Bray Wyatt with the, the snake. No, um, Randy Orton. We, we say it all the time, right? He he can be very good when he's invested. I have no idea if he's invested in this or not. He probably is because Kofi's a, a very good athletic performer. I could see him having a lot of fun with it, but he's just so um, hit or miss that. I don't know. I just I just always tend to dismiss him much in the same way, much in the same way that I feel about like Alberto Del Rio. Um, admittedly, sure. Alberto Del Rio, I've got other reasons to dislike um, Randy Orton, at least these days, doesn't seem like a terrible human being, even though he maybe once was. But I'm not going to hold that against him necessarily anymore. People are allowed to grow and learn. And, you know, that has no real bearing on the, his character. Um, you know, the character that he plays necessarily. But yeah, I just I I'm not invested in him or anything he touches. So there yeah. you go. It it seems like a you know a credible former champion for Kofi to defeat and keep the title. I can't imagine we're gonna live in a world where Randy Orton is champion. Oh no. I, I'm gonna hope that. I mean, I'm gonna hope that. outside of Randy Orton, how many bigger names are there on SmackDown? I mean, yes, Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns isn't gonna face and defeat Kofi Kingston, but he might face and defeat Randy Orton. The best in the world, Shane McMahon. You're next, WWE champion. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. But maybe. No, if Orton is to win, I would say it's not going to go to Roman. It's going to go to Kevin Owens. Oh, sure. That's possible. Kevin Owens could. And I'm fine with that. If that's the way they, if they needed a heel placeholder to get the belt from Kofi to KO, that's fine. Um, But yeah, you know, the interesting thing is there's 10 matches on the card. Uh, There are no tag team matches. The Intercontinental title is not on there. But then again, I'm having a hard time. Oh, Shinsuke. Okay. I was like, I could not remember who the Intercontinental Champion was there for a minute. Um, So it'll be interesting. I expect this to go, again, five to six hours, but they're not putting everybody on the card, and I think that's okay. You don't need to have... Your your roster is so deep, you don't need to have everybody I, uh, in a match. I'm just pretty pleased that Baron Corbin is nowhere near this show. I haven't seen him in a while. Was he on Raw? Did you see him? I think he's kind of disappeared for a little nope, bit. I haven't seen him. I'm wondering if he's going to come back without the vest. And <sighs> I will be sad, but everyone else will be happy. I just don't want him to and come then, back. Sorry. And then, take, and then take over. I'm on my way. I'm coming to Manson Manor. Oh, boy. Uh, I extended the invitation to GQ. Looked like he was I'm coming. I'm sure he's going to come. He's going he's gonna to come through at the last minute. I have nah, faith I, I don't think GQ. so. Which is okay. Hey, we've all got lives. It happens. Um, but I will sorely miss his presence. And I'll have to settle for just DC Matthews. I am the second place option. I get that. I'm the fallback. <laughs> In fairness, though, I never would have even invited GQ if you weren't coming. So that does make you the first place finisher, doesn't it? Well, I'm the one that's going to be there. So I, I will get the gold medal, but I understand that. But you, you know, there's, were little, the there's an asterisk there. You were the motivation for inviting anyone else. So that makes you. Well, I'm so glad. Right. There you go. I, I was the motivation for that, and hopefully I was the motivation for some emails, because we do have some emails, uh, five of them, in fact, uh, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you would like to send us an email, we're always in the market for new besties. Last week, uh, Kev, who apparently was on some sort of medication, which is why he sent us five or six emails. Yeah, sure. We appreciated it. <laughs> um, the first one this week is from Danielle, and it's subject line is the life-sized cow i call bob yeah you're reading this one hola we are slowly approaching the beginning of school for this fall semester for my first question i am curious when dc and doc return to their normal teaching schedules why is it so long why is this all one line i have two in-service days coming up as we transition from the summer day camp program to after school only I've been off since August 2nd and have enjoyed the time off to go to doctor appointments and accomplish what I can on my to-do lists. So, Danielle, are you saying you enjoy going to doctor appointments? Hey, it's, you got you to gotta care for yourself. That's self-care. Okay. That's important. Um, the end of the month, the last week of the month is when I will return to my normal <laughs> schedule. My normal schedule never really ends. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, heck, who am I kidding? I've watched all of season four of Doctor Who on Amazon Prime. Was that the Doctor just appointment found out you were Sunday. talking about? Ah, maybe that's it. Get An it? Appointment with the aha. Uh-huh. I just found out Sunday that Doctor Who is leaving Amazon in twenty twenty, along with a slew of other BBC content, to move over to HBO Max, which will launch next year. I won't be paying for another streaming service just to watch Doctor Who and other shows I like, mainly all the UK shows. Hold on, I have to scroll, because her email is like a, a scroll. Back to doctor appointments. I actually, is it doctor's appointments, or would it be doctor appointments? What is the proper term? Um, Back to doctor appointments. I actually used to hate going by myself, but I've been going on my own for several years now. The only reason I ever enjoyed my dentist appointments, because I would come visit grandma here in Oklahoma City and have the appointments here. My hometown dentist didn't accept my insurance, and he was a bit pricey. Dental Depot in Oklahoma has a train-themed dental office, and you can lay back and watch trains circle around the room. I go to the dentist pretty infrequently, but all my records are with them. And after visiting the dentist on the third, I got to tour the National Cow- I got to tour the National Cowboy Hall of Fame for free. 
thanks to Bank of America Museum Days. Um, I don't know about you, but Dental Depot in Oklahoma sounds like a fantastic place to get some dental work done. I've not been there myself, but I will go ahead and vouch for them, especially they want to send us a little money money i gotta say if you've been going to dental depot for your dental work you have the pearliest whites that i've ever seen they must be doing something right down there that's dental depot oklahoma's only train station that's also a dentist's office I was at this museum with kids in June, but never truly got to look at all the Western art since I was given to, okay, I'm going to stop you right here. We need to use um, student-friendly language, Danielle. So you, are, you were given to kids with autism, not to autistic kids. That's defining them by their uh, affliction or whatever you would like to call it, but uh, two kids with autism Is that to tour with me. They did well not to touch anything. Bargains work well with kids. I made a deal with a girl in my class group that if she behaved, she showed me her best art tour behavior. She could hold my cowboy hat on the way back from the museum. Best deal ever. Anyways, I hadn't noticed this life-size drawing of a cow. Angus, to be exact. It took this artist two years to hand draw it after trying to paint it without truly understanding the full depth and body makeup of this cow. As someone who grew up on a ranch around these kinds of cows, this $40,000 artwork is beautiful. And then there is a picture. Maybe that's why the email looks this way. It is. Because I can't even get this picture to shrink. Let me hold on. Let me open this in a new tab so I can appreciate. That is a cow. That is that is a cow in front of a fence. It's got a tag with a number five on its ear. This cow, I will say, is utterly amazing. Let's see if she wrote any more. Okay. So here's today's questions. Streaming services. What is the status of some of these streaming services in three years? Which ones can you see fall in the next five? If DDT had a show or movie, which streaming service would you want the show or movie on? Doc's answer is Shudder, right? My answer is whichever service would pay us the most money. <laughs> uh, always a shrewd businessman, my partner, but, DC Matthews. But, um, you know... I no, I don't think I was going to save this for the piece of positivity, but Disney did come out this week and say that Disney plus ESPN plus and Hulu were all going to be bundled together you know for twelve ninety nine. You know what the problem with that bundle deal is? Well, there's two problems What's with that? it. The first problem is I don't need ESPN. I'm never going to watch sports in my life. It's a complete waste of money. And sure, the second mistake of that bundle is. It's the ad supported version of Hulu with no ability to upgrade to the ad free version. Ah, that's always I don't understand. Hulu has this fascination like they have this deal with Spotify where you can bundle them together for one monthly fee. But again, it's only the ad supported version of Hulu with no ability to upgrade it. And I'm just like, let me pay you more money. I don't want to watch ads ever. Let me pay you. So did you watch the raw version without ads? I'm I assuming. did. See, we, we got it for really cheap, but we have the ads. So I have to deal with the 90 seconds of commercials, which yes. for me is fine. I, I don't saw care. that deal around the turn of the year where it was $12 yeah. for the full year. And I That's was it. like, I will continue to pay you $12 a month because for I no don't want to watch ads. Well, does that make me seem crazy? You're, you I don't know. know. When you're crazy, you know, you, you got your crazy faculty money. You can be doing that, I guess. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Money. It'll be interesting, Danielle, to see what the streaming services will look like. Um, I don't have high hopes for Crackle. I'll tell you that much. Honestly, if I had to choose a service, well, yes, Shudder is my spirit animal. Um, given that ostensibly we talk about wrestling. I guess we should probably oh. be on the WWE Network. That would be fun. Hey, WWE Network would be great. All right. Doctor appointments. As a kid, which kind of health appointments did you dislike the most? Dentist, optometrist, doctor, etc.? And any of them still ring true today as an adult? I don't like going to any appointments. Uh, I 
else I wouldn't say I like going to any of them, but I don't mind going to any of them. It's a necessary part of not dying. You know what I mean? Or being yeah. able to continue I chewing without pain. I don't know. Um, they're fine. I don't mind really any of them. Yeah, no, the only thing I don't like about eye doctors is when they blow the air in your eye. Uh, I don't Even that doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me about eye appointments is when they put the drops in and then uh, you can't see for 24 hours. That happened to me that, once. I could see that being difficult for you. Yeah, yeah, it sucked. Um, yeah, you know, I go to the dentist. Uh, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. When I was a kid, I had this real old school dentist. And so, I, you know, when I needed to have cavities filled and things like that, he it was this old guy. He retired even when I was still a kid. So, you know, he was like he was real old school and he would be like, ah, you don't need Novocaine, right? And he would just go in there and start drilling. Um, and honestly, I think I have that to thank for a relatively high pain tolerance now. Uh, as an adult and I, honestly i go to a dentist now who's always just like ah let's shoot you full of novocaine and sometimes i'm just like yeah how about you just how about you just get in there and just get this done unless it's super deep because honestly getting those novocaine shots where they stick the needle in there and then they move it around on you like that to me is almost worse than just getting it drilled just i don't know real weird stuff was, was your doctor's name dr orin scrivello it was not Okay. Was that the name of yours? No, that's the name of Steve Martin's from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I didn't get the reference. Very cool. I did have to look that up. But uh, all right, her final question. Uh, two years. What's the most progress you've ever made in any projects, life, relationships, etc., in two years? And maybe tomorrow, after having an eye exam, I'll be a bit more productive. Cheers, Danielle. I suppose I went from dating to engaged to married in a not the whole thing in a two-year stretch but i could choose a specific two-year period where i was not engaged and then i became engaged and then i got married all within a two-year period yeah i mean i not, guess that's is that not what she's talking about i think it kind of is but yeah i don't know um i mean i wrote my entire thesis probably in three months so that was like a 250 page doctoral thesis. So yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that research was the product of more than two years. Um, but the actual writing. Sure. That's probably it. We took a podcast from having zero listeners to having tens of listeners in two years. And then we went from having, you know, tens of listeners to single digits. In th within two years, was, no, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think we still have tens of listeners. I think we do, but we used to have like five times as many listeners. So that may know. be true. That may be true. <laughs> uh, our next email comes from Forrest, aka Bosk. There is no subject. Oh, I guess I should actually pull up another. Here we go. Hello, DC and Doc. I liked the Reddit talk. The site always scares me due to the randomness of leading my clicks to random pornography i was I going to send i don't have that problem on reddit but okay i was going to send in a prediction for the 24 7 title thought it would be funny if maurice and maria had the doctor then maurice pin her while in being checked out setting up an intergender feud down the road but our truth reclaiming okay. that the title was funnier no that would have no because maurice is also pregnant so that actually would have been a clever it would have, yeah, yeah. Way to tie that all in. All right. Anywho, keep up the good work. Best to you and yours. Bosk sent from his iPhone. I also think Miz and Mike Kanellis would be a good feud to help Mike Kanellis really make a name for himself on the main roster. So that's, that's some good that's some good fantasy book in there, uh, Bosk. I appreciate that. Summer holidays coming in from our good buddy Glenn. Oh, yes, Hi, guys. I forgot about this. With the new SummerSlam is coming to Boston next August, I hope you will pencil it in your diaries to finally have that DDT Besties hangout. Sorry, no question this week, but busy, but been busy, as it's the final day of football transfers over here, and I've been annoying people on the Arsenal podcast I was on before you gave me the wrestling bug back. Thanks as always, Glenn. Oh, it must be a trade deadline. Mm. I think that's what football transfers mean. Um, but yes, yeah, SummerSlam is coming to Boston in 2020. 
I'll drive you there. I, I something, you know, again, it depends. I'm assuming it'll be in the Boston Garden and all of that. But, you know, again, t- SummerSlam 2020, that's a whole year away. But that I'll seems, drive to Alewife and we can take the tea the rest of the way. I was going to say that sounds much more doable than many other things. So. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. even if we don't go to the show, uh, yes, we should arrange to see Glenn. And whatever other besties happen to be. Oh, I didn't say I'm going to SummerSlam. I just go to Boston. Oh. And watch SummerSlam from my hotel room. Uh, Brandon McIntyre. We haven't seen this. Oh, no. Never mind. August 1st, I suppose. It's been a week or two. Hey, you guys. Last week. Okay. Just thought I would send in an email to the show this week. I've been away from WWE for a while, only keeping on top of things through fine podcasts such as yourselves. And if something interests me, watching it on the YouTube. However, I've caught the wrestling bug again, and I plan on tuning to SummerSlam on Sunday. The card for the show looks solid, and I don't know how you guys feel about Seth. Well, you know now. (laughs) But I hope that Brock does to him what he did to Cena several years back. Also, I think DC will be pleased to hear that I picked up my WCW quest again. All the best, your pal Brandon Mack, of course. I'm always, uh, you know, interested in people learning about the history of this business we're all in love with from time to time. And yes, uh, I think we all can agree that we hope Brock Lesnar wins. Yeah. Thank you for the email. Our final email comes from Mitchell and it's, Hey, I want you to know that I've had DDT email podcast writers block, but I still love you both. Thanks, Mitch. We love you. Mitch, Mitch as well. You go by Mitch. Have we, I asked you that before. You probably, I probably have. I bet you've told me that you go by Mitchell. I don't know. I think we should just Have I call. Have asked that before? I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird things. Like it says Mitchell, so I've always called him Mitchell. But Mitchell, I need you to write in. This is going to help you get over your writer's block. Yeah, it's true. Uh, do you go by Mitch at all? Do you like Mitch, or do you hate it with the burning passion of a thousand dying sons? Let us know. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Doc Nansen, please let us know. What is your piece of positivity for this week? Um, there, there's something that I can't remember if I've <laughs> used as a piece of positivity in recent weeks, so I'm going to need your okay. help on this. Sure. Tell me if, I, if, I, if I've used this one. Uh, but there is a YouTube channel um, called Screen Rant, and most of the content on this channel is terrible. I don't recommend watching really pretty much any of it. Except there is one series of shows on that channel called Pitch Meeting. And it's basically this one guy, uh, I'm forgetting what his name is. I think it's Ryan. I want to say Ryan George, maybe. Um, And anyways, what Pitch Meeting is, is he plays two characters. He's basically just talking to himself. One is a Hollywood screenwriter and the other one is a Hollywood movie executive and basically it's a review of movies that have come out but framed as though it is a writer pitching the movie uh to this hollywood executive um and it is hilarious it is very farcical it's a lot of back and forth it's very clever there's some great catchphrases and sayings um and at this point there are literally hundreds of episodes of this thing on that channel there's literally Every single Marvel movie, every single X-Men movie, uh, countless, countless other stuff. And uh, yeah, Pitch Meeting. Uh, It's on the Screen Rant channel. Look them up. Watch them. I have been devouring the entire catalog. Um, It is, I'm enjoying it immensely. Immensely. That that sounds familiar to me. John Mulaney, the stand-up, does a thing. One of his bits is talking about Back to the Future and imagining that, essentially, that pitch meeting. So I don't know if your show has done... Maybe that's the inspiration. I don't know. Uh, Well, either way, but it's a great idea. I'm always always impressed with those sorts of clever ideas. It's very fast-paced. It's back and forth. And like I said, it's, it's ostensibly a review in which they call out every single piece of lazy writing or nonsensical plot holes. And they, and you know, they're just brushing it aside as, and it's after you watch a ton of it, it is certainly a bit formulaic, 
Um, but there's a lot of truth in every episode. Um, and honestly, it's just very clever. It's very well performed. And I am enjoying the hell out of it. I couldn't recommend it really any more strongly. Pitch meeting. Uh, look it up on YouTube. Um, I, I could go in various directions with this. Uh, you know, yes, SummerSlam weekend. There's gonna, We didn't talk a lot about TakeOver. That's going to be a good show. Um, I will say, though, I am not looking... I'm almost looking forward to this more. I am looking forward to next week's NXT weekly show. When they set up one all of the, the matches, new feuds? Sorry? Is that when they set up all the new feuds? No, because this will be the show. This will be the matches they tape in Toronto oh, prior right. to. We'll get the finals of the breakout tournament, which was a lot of fun. Um but what I'm looking forward to is the Forgotten Sons are wrestling Breezango because now Fandango is back with Tyler Breeze. And there was a, a little interview the two of them had. And the reason that Fandango has been gone so long is because he's realized that their own fashion sense is whack. Because that's what the kids say. And uh -huh. so... He takes Tyler Breeze away because we we need to fix this. And he's like, oh, you, you want us to get a makeover? And Fandango's like, no, it's going to be Breezango reimagined. And they disappeared. And I was immediately like, that's all I want to see. I, would, I just want to <laughs> see what they're going to do. And so I'm going to have to try to avoid it because it'll happen on Saturday. So I'm sure there will be pictures out yeah, of the yeah. people who were there. So I got to try to avoid the spoilers. But just the fact that Breezango, who, you know, again, we talked about this, I think, last week. I'd love to see him in the custodian outfit with the with the mop and all of that. But the fact that they might get the chance to be silly and potentially serious in NXT that's what I'm hoping from a lot of these guys. You know, the talents yeah. that aren't going to get the chance to succeed on Raw or SmackDown, I hope they get the chance to succeed. So I'm really looking forward to Brizongo reimagined. Cool. Um, and before we get into the last little role uh, of the show here, I just also wanted to mention, uh, we, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I just want to start building a little bit of the hype train uh, because the sounds scary podcast with myself and GQ is finally coming to fruition. We are aiming for an August 21st launch date. That is a Wednesday. Wow. Um, and I just wanted to put that out there. If you guys are interested in hearing about all sorts of classic horror movies, uh, I honestly, you know, I've listened to more than a few different types of horror podcasts out there. Um, ones where people are talking about shows um, ones that are, you know, they, more like radio shows. Um, there's a lot of different content out there. And honestly, I honestly think that the, the show that GQ and I are putting together, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to toot it. I think it's I think it's a really good, unique show. I think we're having a lot of fun with it. There's a lot of stuff in here that I'm not seeing in other shows uh, in this sort of niche. I don't know if it means... I don't necessarily think that means it's going to do well. Clearly, if other people aren't doing it, that probably means there's no interest in terms of an audience out there. But honestly, I've been having a lot of fun putting the show together. I think if you have any sort of interest in all in horror movies or even just to hear us talk about it, if you're not interested in the movies at all, uh, really, it's something to look forward to. The very first episode, I, I might as well uh, talk about it here. It, it's going to be on the movie Gremlins and uh an old classic and really guys i hope that you will join us to check that out because it is going to be the event of this autumn can can they subscribe already can they find it if they look no. for sound scary not yet we don't no. have a feed set up um but i just wanted to put it out there in the consciousness and i will certainly let you know uh once once there is something to actually go seek out I'm just saying I don't have a problem if you wanted to put the first episode or two, if you wanted to double dip and put mm. it on the DDT podcast feed so that the tens of listeners know about it. All right. 
I will probably so, take you up on that. We um, could talk. We could talk to the New Age Insiders because we are still affiliates. Uh, they have the NAI Pop podcast. I was going to ask: Do they have? They still have the Pop Network? Yeah, it's. I, I, and I don't, I don't. I don't. I know a lot of times I do that whole <laughs> faux uh, shade at the New Age Insiders, but honestly, I just I have not kept my thumb on the pulse of what they're doing. I wasn't, I, so I, that's a legitimate question. Yep. No, I, it's, it's still there. They got the pop network. I know there's a couple of shows on there. I'm not sure exactly. There's one called for the pops, which is two. One's a former owner of chaotic wrestling and one's an independent wrestler. And they talk about pop culture and being dads and stuff. And then there's another one, which is the history of chaotic wrestling. It's, it's a very wrestling themed network, despite the fact that it's supposed to be the pop culture network. I'm just saying I can, we can put it out there to Jason. If Jason or Liam or Bill are listening to this, and of course they are because they support their affiliates by listening every week. The code word for this week, gents is um, <laughs> bubblegum. Bubblegum. So Jason Big and Liam and Bill. What? Big League Chew. <laughs> Big, yes. Big League Chew. The, uh, the, the code word is, uh, yeah, and tweet it out publicly so we all know, because all the tens of us are going to be watching. Uh, we'll be looking at your feeds to make sure that you have Big League Chew uh, mentioned so you know you are listening. But yes. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love you. I love GQ. I'm excited for the two of you get to get to do something together. The only thing I'm dreading is when you become supremely popular and I am like the fifth beetle who's just, <laughs> you know, sitting in my own filth thinking of the, the possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I will say um, I, not on that subject, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I am still working on the horrid uh, podcast project. Um I've made it's it's going to sound like I've made no progress, but I've actually made a lot of progress. I am currently working on episode two of the horrid podcast, which I know is what I've been saying for months now. Yes. But this is what this is what's happened. Honestly, I wrote the first episode yes. and then I had sort of planned out what the next the topics for the next few episodes would be. Sure. And then I've been doing research to those topics and I'm trying to do this in a chronological order. And basically what I've discovered was I wrote the first episode and I started writing the second episode. And as I was doing my research, I realized, oh, God, there's something else I need to talk about. There's something else that needs to be episode two. And so what I had written for episode two got bumped to episode three. And I started doing research and writing uh, episode okay. two. And so then what happened just last week Oh, was no. <laughs> I was re I was researching for this episode too, and I realized, oh God, there's something else that needs to be episode two, and now episode two has become episode three, and episode three has become episode four. <laughs> um, I'm just throwing it out there because you've already got this sound scary podcast. Maybe storyboard it out, like plan out the first season of Horrid, the first eight, ten. 16 I, and episodes I, and honestly i have done that but the problem was i didn't know enough about this this time period because I, I will i'll spoil it right now i don't care the first season of horrid is about the dawn of horror i think i've mentioned that before it's it's the very beginning of horror in film um and i don't i just i didn't know enough about the time period and now i'm as i'm doing my research i just i there's so many more meaty topics right there at the beginning that I am falling into these rabbit holes on that I didn't know existed when I storyboarded it. And that that was the problem. Um, at some point, I, I, I also realized, OK, I got I do have to rein this thing in. Um, I th and I do think, though, I do think that for real this time, I think I have identified the actual second episode. The And I do think it's actually going to work that way for episode two, three, and four. I think I've got that set now. I can't wait to hear what you think is the second episode, which will probably be episode eight by the time <laughs> you're done. I wanted to be like, Mark, let's mark down the time you said that. I think I know what episode two is going to be. And by next week, you're going to be like, nope, nope. That's Famous episode. last words. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we have some famous last words, and we'd like to give them to you. Thank you for joining us on episode 186 of the DDT podcast. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending a message to email. No, no, that's not it. But you can send a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our entire back catalog by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc, who greatly appreciate it because it helps keep the lights on and the podcast train chugging. I am late for my appointment at Dental Depot in Oklahoma. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on the DDT podcast. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie, Big League Chew?